So in this series, if you've missed it so far, just in review, a lot of people, if you grew up in church or if you've ever been in church, a lot of people say things like, America's got to go back to Jesus. America's got to go back to God. And I just laugh because I think to myself, which America, right? Because I love our country and I don't wish I lived somewhere else, but America, when we say it's a Christian country, all I hope that means is a lot of people who call, who call themselves Christians happen to be American. But we need to be honest and not say that this country is a, quote, Christian country. Because a Christian country would imply that you either have to be Christian to be in this country or that the vast majority of people in our country are Christians. And that has never been the case, y'all. It may have been pop culture popular at some point in time, but today it's definitely not. As a matter of fact, if you walk with God today, you're shunned, you're made fun of. If you save yourself for marriage and you're a virgin till you get married, you're made fun of today, but that's what the Bible teaches us we're supposed to do. So we don't need to fool ourselves into thinking that. So my prayer is not that America will turn back into a Christian country. Matter of fact, I'm not even in a big picture sense even hoping that God will do something only in America. But I want him to start here and let it permeate out in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth, and our Jerusalem's here. And I believe it can permeate way past the United States of America. Again, I love our country, but we're not the point. Look at somebody and say, we're not the point. Come on, say it loud. We ain't the point. We're not the point. We're not the point. Matter of fact, the only country that I can think of That's the country where you have to be saved to be a part of is God's kingdom. But we'll talk about that later. But that's the truth. That's his country, his people, and we're his people. But today, I want to continue this theme of if my people, and it comes from 1 Chronicles 7, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves, pray, seek my face, and turn from their ways, then, then, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Then I will forgive heal, and hear. So it's an if-then proposition as we've been discussing. But I want to backtrack, and then after, after I do this week and next week, I want to give you how we, how we take the land. And I'm really excited. So y'all have to come, if, if at all possible, the next couple weeks, because I'm telling you, I've saved the best for last. It's going to be amazing, and I'm excited. But today, this was my thought as I prepared this message. Leah did a great job last week teaching on seeking God's face. If you haven't heard it, I encourage you to go back. And prior to that, I had taught on prayer, and then Pastor Stephen taught on being, being humble or humility. And I believe they're like dominoes. So if you don't have humility, then prayer time will only be my selfishness, right? I won't go to God with any kind of I want what you want over what I want. And I believe they're like domino effects. And so if we humble ourselves, pray, seek his face, and then turn, which is next week, then we'll hear. But here was my thought. As a married person who has now had a lot of time not only dealing with my own marriage, but as a pastor dealing with other people's marriages, the one constant that you can guarantee, I don't care if it's adultery and affairs, I don't care if it's a money problem, I don't care what it is, communication breakdown is always, 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 always a part of why marriages stop working. Always. Communication when it's not there or communication when it's bad, it goes south quickly. And so, so today's message, as I told you just a minute ago, is about hearing God. So let's pretend for a second 
that we believe that you don't hear God because that's not what we believe. But let's, let's pretend that that is what we believe because there's a large group of Christians that believe that God stopped speaking thousands of years ago. And so it would be like the relationship where only I could speak to Leah or only Leah could speak to me, and it was one-sided. I've got these people who are in my cell phone, but I don't talk to them a lot. And when it rings and their name pops up, literally I want to answer it, how can I help you? Because I know they're going to want something. Does anybody know? None of y'all have friends? I use the word lightly when I say friends. I should say acquaintances. But if the relationship is always one-sided, where the, the person who I'm talking to always wants me to buy something from them or be a part of their thing or do whatever, and I'm like, yes, I'm doing great, bro. Good to talk to you too. All right, bye-bye. I've actually, this is a true story. People in this room know this is true. I've actually, with a couple of them, answered the phone, how can I help you? This is not part of the message. This is free. If you ever want to shut somebody up, start the conversation like that. <laughs> it gets awkward. It's amazing. It works. Someone look at your neighbor and say, it works. There you go. If you don't learn anything else, you learn that. Praise the Lord. But I was talking to a buddy of mine who um, flew to another city recently to do some work, and his Uber driver spoke another language. Now, I don't know if y'all have had dealings with people that speak other languages in other countries, but I've gotten to go to a lot of places. And there's this thing that we do, and I have no idea why we do it. But we immediately start talking louder, watch, and slower, as if me saying this slowly helps them understand. They can't understand a lick of English. But I'm going, do you understand what I'm saying. No, they couldn't understand it before. So now that you're yelling at me, I just think you're mad, right? And for whatever reason, for whatever reason, by the way, the story was that this, this guy learned that on our iPhones, there's, a, there's an app. I'm going I'm to use it because I think it's awesome. Have y'all tried to translate? So I can talk in it. Y'all look so good today. Now watch. Well, you. And then it talks back to you in whatever language you choose. I think that's amazing. So they had a conversation the whole way to the airport in whatever language this Uber driver was driving. And the whole time they could understand each other. It changes the game when you can understand each other. It just does. Because I know we're not supposed to talk like this because I'm a preacher. And preachers are supposed to be holier than thou and perfect and everything. This one ain't. But for years, I thought prayer was crazy because I thought I was just telling God all my problems and maybe even asking him for things or maybe even being a good Christian boy and laying my life down and saying, I give you my life. But then what? He's not saying nothing back. So what's the point of this whole one-way conversation? Is he a genie? Where I'm just supposed to wish upon a star? Is he all this? Because the whole purpose, if you remember about what prayer is, is it's an exchange of wishes. But my question is, how can we exchange wishes if I can't ever hear what he wishes for me? Right? I'm telling you, in college, Pastor Lance and I grew up being taught that God does not continue to, to speak. That God does not talk anymore. Let me say into the camera, that is not true. And let me say to you, that is not true. And let me tell you that I'm excited to preach to you. That is not true. That is not true. 
So here's the verse that I want to jump off of today. John 10. The whole picture of John 10 is he is the good shepherd and that the sheep follow him and hear his voice. And verse 27 sort of at the end of the chapter says, My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they know, excuse me, and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Two things come to my mind when I read this. The first one is my daughter who's on the second row. Say hi. Laney can be with her brother, Haston, can be in the middle of a crowded gym or as it happened here a couple days ago when we were doing turkeys. And she can be around in the kids' area and I can be in the office. And if I do this, I'm going to pull my... That's all I got to do. This is what you will hear immediately. What do you say? Every time. Both of them, you hear little feet, click, 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 and then you hear, yes, sir. And people kind of think they're abused sometimes because they're like, oh, my gosh, what did you do, right? Like, it's okay, calm down. But it's without fail, no matter where I am. And so it makes sense that she could do it right here, but my son in his classroom may have just said, yes, sir. I'm not kidding. I promise you. It happens all the time. When we're in crowd, if, if we were in the mall, if we were at Disney World, if we were something like that, and I whistled, if I could not find them, that's what I would do. And it's unbelievable how there can be whistles all around and other things, and yet they, they hear the distinction of my voice because they know me. And if I whistled and y'all heard it, you're like, why is he whistling this loud? <laughs> but their daddy whistles, and they immediately hear it. And it reminds me of my five trips to Israel that, on my very first one, I was studying the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down my green pastures. Many of y'all are familiar with that passage. And so I was so interested in this picture of he's uh, also John 10 of, of us being the sheep and him being the shepherd that I, I searched and searched in Bethlehem and in other places. Can I find some shepherds? And eventually I found they're called Bedouin and they're, they're, they still exist today. They live basically in huts and tents and they move from place to place and in the dry season there's almost no grass and so they got to search for it and they will actually have different Bedouin, different shepherds bring their sheep to one good field with grass. There'll be five or six groups of shepherds with tons of sheep all around and they're mixing them up. It's not like Travis's sheep are over here, Jordan's sheep are over here. We're, no, they, they intermingled. They're doing their thing. Man, it's all good, right? They're just, they're just going with it. And as soon as the one shepherd makes a specific sound like my whistle, those sheep immediately come to him. It's unbelievable. They don't, have to, they don't have to do any motions. They don't have to fight. They just have to make their sound and their sheep come running. That is exactly how we're supposed to be with God. But for most of us, it's become this mysterious thing. Or, let's be real. We've watched people on TV who said, I heard the Lord say, and then they do something ridiculous. I'm telling the truth. Crazy stuff. Listen, God speaks, and it's not weird, but people are weird, and they make it weird. But don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. God's still speaking, and those people are liars. Matter of fact, John 10 says all that came before me were thieves and liars and those people that try to do it. Listen, if anybody ever manipulates with the name of God, then they're, mm, they're just what they are. And don't listen. 
If you ever feel manipulation when someone comes up to you and says, the Lord said, and I'm going to teach you this in just a second, but it's a lie. Matter of fact, you shouldn't hear that a lot from people because they, he probably didn't talk to them every day about you. You know, it'd be not, I want to look at those people and say, is he talking to you about you? Because you got, <laughs> mm-hmm. So maybe you should listen to a different thing because you're hearing all kinds of stuff. But this is the title of the message. I didn't make it complicated, Hearing from God. And I want to give you three, probably a couple more than three, but three specific with points about ways that we hear from God. Three different ways that we hear from God. And the first one, the first one is his word. Someone say the Bible. The Bible is the way that we hear from God first and foremost. It's not the only way, but it's the first way. It's matter of fact, I'll call it the first line of defense. It's the thing that you should check through every time. So let me just give you some background. John chapter 1, eventually I'll get it. John 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were made by him that was made. And in verse 14, the word became flesh and lived among us. That is literally the time of year that we're in. That's Christmas. That is is Jesus came to earth, born of flesh and of God. That is what Christmas season is all about. That's what we discuss. And it's the word that came. So if you want to know the three parts of God... In the Trinity, it's God the Father, God the Word, and God the Spirit. And that Word became flesh and lived among us. Now, why is the Bible so powerful and awesome? Because we have the living Word of God, Jesus, in book form. Or oftentimes, I use it in version form, right? So, if the Bible stays on your shelf, y'all listen. If the Bible stays on your shelf and you never crack it open, if it's got two inches of dust on it like the old joke is and all this stuff or it's a paperweight, it's going to be hard to identify and recognize like Laney can my whistle or my voice if you don't know his word because I can't check if it's you if I've never heard you. I'll give you an example, checking if it's you. Y'all remember back in the day when we didn't have caller ID? I'm not talking to y'all. I love y'all, but I'm not talking to y'all. I'm talking about 20 years ago. Y'all remember? No caller ID. You just had... You just had the the phone on the side, and you had to actually press the buttons. You couldn't just say, hey, Siri, call Juju, and then they call, right? Ah! My sheep hear my voice. You're welcome, Siri. That's pretty awesome. It's, It's probably working. Yep. All right, here we go. Before we had caller ID, you it was a guess. Y'all remember? When you picked up the phone, you were like, this could be a telemarketer. It could be the publisher's clearinghouse bringing me my 10 million. Y'all remember back in the day, everybody wanted it. Nope, we didn't get it. Could be anything. But when certain people called that you talked to all the time, you didn't have to say this is so-and-so. Y'all remember? The t- there's two people in this room that, I, that I'm telling you. When I was 15 and then 17, Dayton Leah, I didn't have to look at caller ID. We didn't have it. But when Daniel Pearson would call me back in the day, he didn't say, hey, this is Daniel. I would say hello. He'd say, hey, and then we go into conversation. How? Because I was consistently in his face, consistently in relationship with him, him spending a night with me, me spending a night with him, going to the beach together every single year for 10 or more years, all the time, best friends since eight years old. So, so no one had to explain to us what each other's voice sounded like. Why? We knew it. 
So if you're not in the Word, you can't pick up the phone and say, hey, you'll have to start digging and wondering. The Bible is not intended just to be a devotion book that you check off. It's, it's the living, active Word of God that I get to know Him better. Like this. Logos literally means Word, but it's the expression or thought of God the Father through His Spirit. That's literally what the word Word means. And the Bible says in Hebrews 4, the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. Now look what it does. It pierces the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. Now watch, this is the important part. And it discerns the thoughts and intentions of my heart. Why does that matter? Because I got crazy intentions, y'all. Only a couple people agree with that. But you can agree with you. You know what your natural tendencies and intentions are. And the Bible is like a mirror that reads me. And when I'm being selfish or ridiculous or whatever, the Bible begins to help me by me understanding me. If I can hear because I understand who he is. Y'all, I believe it's nearly impossible to recognize the voice of God if you don't recognize God. And I don't know anybody personally, I don't know anybody that I trust hears God's voice that doesn't get in God's word. That's the starting point, y'all. This is like the elementary beginning block. I believe God speaks, not just through words. And I'm going to talk to you about it right now. But if you aren't in the word, I don't trust your word. I love you, but I don't. There's one more part. I did this in the Ephesians series, but it says, take up the full armor of God and the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit. And it says right there, which is the word of God? Which is the word of God? Praying all times in the spirit. In prayer and supplication, which is the word of God. By the way, I think those, thing, those two things go together. But this word of God is not the same thing, not the same word for word. This is an active, on-time, go-after-it word. This is how God begins to speak to us. This word is literally the word rhema, which means the spoken word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So just because something's written doesn't mean it's rhema. Just because something's written doesn't mean it becomes this. But when a word becomes active, alive, and I begin to speak it, this works for declarations where I speak God's word over my life. This, wor this works, I'm going to tell you how I do this. You say, can you take the written word and make it rhema? You absolutely can. I use my Bible app every day and I listen to it. That's not the only thing I do with the Bible, but I listen to the Bible every single day. I put my earbuds in and I listen to it every single day. And it amazes me how I can read through the Bible year after year after year. And if I ask him, like I asked y'all to do at the beginning, something will jump off the page or into my ears. And faith comes by hearing. And if I'm not listening for an, a specific word for a specific time, because this rhema is not for all time. This rhema is literally, if you dig down in the translation, it means a specific word for a specific time, meaning right now. Rhema words are in season. They're right now. They're always where God gives you something to help you take the next step or the next steps, not 50 steps down the road typically. And so if I'm not listening, if I'm not actively going through, if I don't have a brother or my wife who walks with God and I can bounce things off and all of a sudden they feel like, ooh, I don't know what's going on in there, but something's going on. God's talking to me. Then you're going to be frustrated because it's going to be like you're in the car with old dude. And you're trying to get to the airport, but he don't understand a word you're saying and vice versa. you got to get in the word. Someone say, get in the word. Get in the word. 
Get in the word. Get in the word. Number two, whisper. I put this one in here because, like I said, there's probably about ten. But I put this one in here because I think it's so important. Because I think this one might be the most frustrating, but it's the most powerful if you begin to understand it. So, 1 Kings chapter 18, you have Elijah who calls fire down from heaven. I used this two weeks ago. He calls fire down from heaven, then he prays that it would rain, and it does rain. It was three weeks ago, I think. But he prays that it does rain, it do, and it rains, and it's amazing. And then Jezebel says, before tomorrow, I'm, you're going to die. And then he goes and hides in a cave because that's what you do. If 850 prophets are killed because you call fire down from heaven, one woman says something, and of course you would hide in a cave. Makes no sense, right? Except for that's how we operate. We think that if you stand on a stage or do something great for God, then all of a sudden you have no problems. But as a matter of fact, you get in your own head a lot of times. And you start, you start getting crazy and you start getting paranoid. And I'm getting in your business and you're getting in my business right now, but it's the truth. And if we're not careful, the thoughts that start coming into our head are all personal. And we make them about us. And it happens to every Christ follower that I know. And then it feels like when, y'all listen carefully, when the storms are all around us. How many of y'all could say that in 2020 there's been a lot of noise out there? Come on, right? The louder the noise gets, the harder it is to distinct or pick out. I don't know if that too distinct is a good way to use the word. To pick out the distinction of that sound, especially when it's a whisper. And it says in 1 Kings 19, he was looking for God. And it says, but he was not in the earthquake, and he was not in the fire, and he was not in the wind. And it says, verse 12, and after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And then after the fire, the sound of a low whisper, and the Lord was in the whisper, the still small voice is what other translations say. So why would God choose to not be in the fire and not be in the storm and not be in the earthquake and not be in this and not be in this, but in a whisper? I believe the reason is a couple reasons. Number one, because... Your life is going to look like, metaphorically speaking, sometimes it might be literal, but metaphorically speaking, it's going to feel like you're in an earthquake and feel like you're in a fire and feel like you're in a... But he's always close. One of my favorite psalms is Psalm 139. There's nowhere I can run. I'm, this is the translation according to Mark. There's nowhere I can run that God's not with me. Nowhere. I can't outrun him. I can't get away from him. He goes before me and behind me and his hand is on my head. He hems me in is what verse 5 says. He's always right there. So what the whisper implies is that God is always close. He's always near. Matter of fact, Christian, I'm talking to you for a second. If you're a follower of Jesus, he lives in you. That's how close he is. But you can't distinguish his voice from all the other voices that are in your head if you don't learn to listen. Some of the things you got to do as far as listening is shut it off. Someone say turn it off. Yeah. Like for the last month, I haven't had social media. I just, I think I told y'all, but if you weren't here that day, I just felt like in my prayer time, I was supposed to not have social media for at least a month. I don't know if I'm turning it back on Tuesday or not. It's been amazing. There's been very little drama in my life without Facebooks and Twitters and Instagrams and Jim Jams and all the rest of them. It's been amazing. Why? Because we let the noise dictate us and not the other way around. We can't, we can't hear anything because we hear everything. We believe immediately what the news says and we freak out. 
Or we're so ridiculously on the other side that we won't believe anything the news says and we get killed, right? We're, we're somewhere in the middle most likely. And I don't believe God wants to speak fear. Now listen, y'all better get this. I don't believe God is going to ever speak fear where you are afraid, afraid, trembling, and you cower. But I believe he'll speak wisdom. I could give you example after example about something happens and I have this thought come in my mind before it happens. And I'm just telling you when the tornado sirens go off, I know the Lord didn't give me a spirit of fear, power, love, and sound mind. But that sound mind tells me to get in the basement, if you know what I'm talking about. Right? I'm not, I don't have anything to be afraid. I have power. Doom you dead. Right? I mean, we can be smart about this. And I think that's what, that's the problem is people, y'all know the joke is that we're snake handling churches and because they read Mark chapter 16 that we can tread on serpents and, and, and scorpions and they pick up serpents and scorpions like it was literal and not demonic pictures. No, do not pick up a rattlesnake today. That is dumb. I know he didn't give you a spirit of fear, but he also gave you wisdom, and that's not using it, right? That's the problem, y'all, is we read these things, and we take it out of context, and then make it, and it, it, it's a killer. It's a killer, and that's not what he's talking about. Here's what he wants you to do in this part, and then the most important part that ties everything in is next, part three, but if you can't sit still long enough, I don't care if you're at work. I don't care what you're doing. If you can't block out the noise enough to hear his voice when it's very, very whisper small. When it's a still small voice. Because you have so many things that have to distract you. Then you're wandering aimlessly and frustrated at God for not giving you direction. He will give you direction but you got to listen. And this is how through the word, through all these different ways, through other people, through agreement, this is how I believe most likely they come to you is your thoughts. Someone say thoughts. I am not suggesting when I put this number three up that you should trust your thoughts. In Jesus' name, I am not suggesting that. As a matter of fact, I can show you why I don't think you should trust your thoughts. But I believe the Lord speaks to us through our thoughts the vast majority of time. I absolutely believe someone else can get a word from God and he'll give it to you. I absolutely believe that circumstances can speak to us. I absolutely believe a lot of these other things. But the vast majority of time, the Lord speaks to us, it's in our thoughts. And it will come and it will go and you'll say things like, yeah, that was just my good conscience. What? What good? I've got to be careful when I say things like that because I've literally had arguments or conversations that were fairly heated where pastors have told me, God doesn't speak to us through our thoughts. That's just a good conscience. I've just got news for you. My good conscience ain't that good. <laughs> Some of y'all might have really good consciences. The angel that sits on one shoulder must be a really good one for y'all. But I know I have selfish motives. I know that I don't trust my own selfish ambition and my pride. But I know if I lay my life down, if I humble myself and pray and seek his face, that God begins to put thoughts that otherwise wouldn't be there. Look at what, this is the New Living Translation, but Galatians 5 says, the sinful nature 
wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what God's spirit wants. And the spirit gives desires that are the opposite of what my natural man, my sinful nature does. These two forces are constantly fighting against each other. So you're not free to just trust your own good intentions or your good conscience. You should never just trust your own good conscience. Why? Because my good conscience will lie. I'm going to give you crazy spirit, spiritual, religious examples. I have, I have become hardened over my 40 years. Matter of fact, I'll just say it this way. I believe that religious, trying to get the word. I believe that when I do religious works, when I become, when I become self-righteous is what I'm really trying to say. That this is at work. That I'm not hearing God at all, but I can, I can give myself a pass because I start giving you all the things that I'm doing for God as if that is really part of the equation and not just dying to myself and then letting God do it through me. And so I will do things that are hateful toward followers of Jesus. I'm just going to throw it out because I'm going to say it because it's the truth. If y'all, if y'all were here for our eighth anniversary, nope, seventh anniversary, at four points, I preached this. I used to dog other pastors. I'm talking about beating them down, dogging them. And then I got to meet some of these guys. And not only did the Holy Spirit break me, and I'm talking about tears in my eyes, ugly cry break me. But I admitted it to all of y'all if y'all were here on that day a little over two years ago. Specific pastors that I called out that I heard in a small group of people say, I don't know what I'm doing and I've done some things that are wrong, but I just want people to fall in love with Jesus. And I just am ugly crying going, what have I done? Because I didn't like what you said on this show or on this thing and I dogged you. And then I think of the Apostle Paul who in his mind, excuse me, it was at the time Saul before he became the Apostle Paul who in his mind in religious right was killing Christians. And yet in his heart and in his mind, he was doing what was right because he was killing them or letting them be killed and standing there with a puffed up chest with pride. Do you know how often I do this every day that I'm not humbling myself before God, submitting myself fully? Matter of fact, I've caught myself even this calendar year becoming religious where I begin to judge people that is not my business to judge and I begin to get hardened toward people that aren't my business to get hardened toward. The best example is just to take part in the cancel culture that currently exists. And I'll begin to shun entire groups of people without ever putting myself in their shoes or ever giving God a chance to explain to me what it's about. That's not to say that we don't stand against sin, y'all. This has nothing to do with that. It's when brother fights against brother. And religion will absolutely kill your ability. I feel like it's like a, a force field wall that you can actually distinguish the voice of the Lord because what you'll call the voice of the Lord is your religious mindset, the spirit of religion. I'm telling you, the devil works through spirituality. He takes the form of light, but it's always to kill. And when I'm throwing rocks at other believers, I'm not following the good daddy, like John 8 says. 
I did it over and over and over in my life, and I found myself becoming hardened in certain places that are past hurts, and I'll do it again. And what's so interesting about that is the person that can hear from God, and I'm telling you, I can. This is not braggadocious at all. It's just the truth. I, I, I really trust the voice of the Lord. I begin to not hear him as well. And I notice it, and it really bothers me. And the way to get out of that is not become more religious, but to surrender. Because the most dangerous part of Mark Pangle is my good intentions. Did you hear what I just said? The most dangerous thing that I can do is operate with good intentions and not God intentions. And I want to close with this example. If I didn't experience this, I don't think I'd believe it. Because <laughs> this is crazy. Four years ago, Lee and I were going to the beach on a Saturday morning. Laney and Haston were there. We took y'all. And I had this last-minute wedding to do because um, this guy had cancer and he wanted to get married before he started his chemo. And so I just said, I'll do it for free. Don't worry about paying me, whatever. And he gave me a card, and inside the card there was a $100 bill. That was, a fr that was Friday night, and it was spur of the moment. I was happy to do it. It was awesome. I got home, I was like, that's awesome. And immediately, in my thoughts, someone say thoughts. In my thoughts, I heard, give the woman in Florence the $100 bill to buy groceries. Now, y'all look this way. How many of y'all know that ain't my natural thoughts? I ain't thinking about Florence. I'm not thinking about woman. I'm not thinking about giving away my $100 bill. I'm thinking about bed. I'm thinking about Leah packing for me. I was about to say packing, but I was going to lie. Come on, somebody. I'm just thinking about it's time to go to bed. Let's make sure that the car's fueled up. And immediately, when your thoughts go against your natural tendencies, immediately let your antenna go up because it's probably God. It's not always. It's not always God. But I always listen to that. And I immediately told Leah, the Lord just told me, give the woman a $100 bill to buy her groceries in Florence. Is that true? Word for word. So the next day we get up, we're going. And the whole time, if I can be honest with y'all, I'm thinking, I can't wait to meet this woman. This is crazy. And a friend of mine, some of y'all might know who he is. His name's Pastor Ron Carpenter. He was um, in Greenville, and now he's in San Jose, California at Redemption Church. And uh, we had become friends a little while before that and I had asked him questions about a specific topic and he had, that's when we still did CDs, right? So he had CD volumes. He said, here, listen to this. This will help you. So I'm listening. I listened to two full messages on glory. It was fascinating. We got to Florence. I pulled in. God is my witness. We opened the door. I looked inside, looked all the way across. There was a lady with her back turned, opening the, the case to get a water or something out. She looked back at me and the minute that she looked at me, I felt like my heart was jumping out of my chest. That's her. I made a beeline for her. Had the $100 bill already in my hand. I was ready. Had it. This is one. So multiply it times 100 and you got it. But I had it like this. I'm telling you. And I reached it out to give it to her. And the guy standing with her pulled out a 24-pack of beer. And this is what I did. Nope. Not today, Satan. Not. It's funny, but it's sad because I became religious immediately. You see what I'm saying? If you unpack this of how stupid that is, 
that God specifically said, give the woman a $100 bill to buy her groceries. And then I let my religiousness talk me out of it because I looked at her and said, no, your husband, man, whatever he is, is buying beer. Who cares? That's none of my business. But I didn't. And then I had chance number two. She walked out and I told Liz, nope, he was buying beer. She, it must be the wrong one. There's going to be another woman in Florence to buy her groceries. Nope, that was the one. So she walks out to her car, and I heard the Lord say, do it. I walk out to her car, walk all the way up to her car. She's thinking at this time, this dude's crazy, and he's going to hurt me, right? And I just freaked out. I chickened out, and I was like, I'm not doing it. I must not have heard the Lord. You, every single person in this room is listening to me. You've done this. You've gotten a word from God, and you talk yourself out of it. Your thoughts are not his thoughts. Your ways are not his ways. His, his thoughts are higher and if, and if we'll submit to those thoughts that are not good intentions, they're God intentions, he will pave the way. Would, would, would lights have popped off and things have happened and she named her next kid after me if I'd have done that? Probably not. That's not the point. That's never the point. That was not the point of that endeavor. But I got religious and I told Leah, I'm not doing it. And I can just feel my chest puffed up as I'm saying this to her. God is my witness is a true story. We get back in the car, I start it up. Y'all know with CDs, if, it, if it's still going, once you start it up, it's immediately picking back up, right? You know what I'm talking about? So it immediately picks up the message where it's going. And I pull out, and I'm getting on the interstate, and this one has a little loop, a wrap, and we've got like three more miles, and then we're off toward the beach. Before we get back on the interstate, Ron Carpenter, out of his mouth, says, it's like when God tells you to give the woman a $100 bill to buy her groceries. Is that true? This is what I did. Oh, my God. And I hit the button, and I start weeping. Y'all don't think it's funny if you want to, but I, I just thought I've grieved the Holy Ghost. Ananias and Sapphira did it in Acts 5, and they died. What's going to happen to me, Right? I mean, I'm freaking out. I'm thinking, oh, God has spoken to me, and I've not done it, and he's done with me, and all of this. And I don't know what to do at this moment. I'm, I'm literally I'm weeping, crying. Y'all were watching your headphones, so y'all had no idea all this was going on. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, look what I've done. So I did the only thing I knew to do. The guy that said it on the CD, I had his phone number, so I called him. Pastor Ron, here's what just happened. And I'm freaking out, and I'm crying. And he's laughing. And he's cackling, laughing. I'm like, hey, bro, that ain't funny. Ain't nothing funny about this, man. I'm getting offended. And he said, Mark, I'm going to ask you a question. You think God's surprised by this whole encounter that you had? <laughs> no. This ain't got nothing to do with that woman. This ain't got nothing to do with that $100 bill. This ain't got nothing to do with all that other stuff that is in your mind. This has to do with one thing. If God says it, do it. And never question it. If God says it, do it. And I can't tell you that I've been perfect. And I don't believe, let me say this clearly, I don't believe you should make packs with God. If you'll do this, I'll do this. He's allowed, but I'm not. But that day, this is what I told him. If you say it, I'll do it. I don't care how stupid I look. And y'all, I have looked like a moron. Oh my gosh. I'm going to just tell you this. I don't care if you think I'm crazy. I know standing in here one day, the Lord told me, walk out here and speak and tell the hurricane to go back to sea. I was like, 
I told y'all, the staff, I don't know what to do. This wasn't this year. It was a couple years ago, but I'm like, I feel like an idiot. But I'm confident. That same voice, and that's dang sure not something I would do on my own. So I did it. I'm telling y'all, I was literally nervous for myself because the hurricane stopped and just spun out on the Atlantic, just dumping rain, dumping rain, dumping rain. I'm like, oh God, I caused it to stop. <laughs> I don't think the point is the outcome. Y'all better listen to what I'm saying right now. The point is obedience. It didn't have nothing to do with that hurricane stopping or not stopping. Would I be willing to do? Because, you know, shortly after that, God said, will you go to Chattanooga? And I didn't want to. I had friends who said to me, what's wrong in the church? Nothing's freaking wrong in the church. We're blowing and going. The church is growing like crazy. We're over 600 on average. It's going. The money's great. This is great. This is great. I don't understand it, but he said it, and I'm doing it. And then when he said, come back, we were just turning the corner just getting our minds around what we had to do. And he said to come back. And I've just learned that God is not worried about your comfort. He's worried about his promises. He's worried about his calling. He's worried about what he put on you. Before the foundations of the world, he knew you. He knew you. He called you by name. He knew every single one of you. He knew the hairs on your head. He knew every single detail of your life. And instead of getting caught up in all the details or all the noise, if I just sit still and listen, I could follow when he says go. But if I'm not careful, I'll become religious and not want to give the woman the $100 bill to buy her groceries. I believe in our hands. Y'all listen to what I'm saying. I believe in our hands, in our hearts, in our lives, every single day can be detours toward people's destinies or away and yours. And God will use his word to direct you, but he will not force you to listen to it. Hearing from God is as simple as distinguishing. Is that a word from God or is that just a crazy thought? Is that my religion? Is that something I would naturally do? Is that something my sinful nature would want me to do? Or is that, is that a God thing? You're calling me to this. You will be wrong, son. Look at me. I'm wrong. But I err on the side of obedience. And I've learned that the more obedient that I am, the more life-changing it is. And the more I begin to listen for that whistle when he whistles. And I'm telling y'all, very rarely do days go by, especially weeks go by that I don't believe, boom. And it's little stuff, y'all. Text this person. But when that person texts you and say, my God, how did you know? The answer should not be, I'm just really smart. Are you with me? The answer should be, God's thinking about you. He must really love you because he's that good. I'm just not prideful enough to believe I get things right that often. I believe God gets things right every day. So this is your homework. This is how I want to close. You can do it. You can do it. And this is how I want you to do it. Go home and begin with something simple like read the word. But before you open the Bible to read the word, I don't care if it's 10 verses. I'm serious. God, would you speak to me through this? And then I want y'all to have something to write it down with because I don't know if y'all feel this way, but if I feel like I got something to say and someone looks at me and says, I want your advice, and then they listen to what you say, they ain't got nothing to write with, nothing to record with, I'm thinking to myself, you didn't care what I had to say. Well, if little old Mark, 
who doesn't have a whole lot to say feels that way. I wonder what the God of the universe who created me, all of my thoughts, all of my fears, all of my insecurities, he knows every single one of them, yet he has the answer for them. And he chooses to give me the answer in his presence when I'm face to face. Why would I not have something to write with or listen to? So open your word, ask him to speak, and then when he does, write it down. Put it somewhere and then go back to it and say, I'm standing on this word because you gave it to me. You, 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 I, I didn't have this verse in my mind and I don't even understand what it means but I'm going to stand on Galatians 3 for a minute because it just feels like something that you keep putting in my mind I'm going to stand on this particular thing for a minute because it feels like what you're putting in my mind and then you begin to distinguish the difference in the sound of noise and in the sound of the Holy Spirit in you it will change your life start simple don't think you're going to be fluent on day one but try to listen and he'll give you the sound of his voice. You're his sheep, and his sheep naturally hear his voice. You were built with it. You're created to do it. So do it in Jesus' name. God, I'm so thankful that you give us the ability to hear your voice, that we don't have to be frustrated and speak slowly and try to translate it, but that when I pick up the phone and it's you on the other end, I can say hello. And when you speak, I say, hey, how's it going, God? I believe that you speak to every person in this room every single day. So God, may we be in tune with you. May, be, may we be in tune with you and follow you so we're never the same. Jesus, you have all of us. You lead and we follow. God, I, I just pray a supernatural enablement and empowerment that every one of us will be radically obedient. God, one of our four points is we believe God. How can we believe you if we can't hear you? So God, we choose to do it as a group of people and follow you. And God, as we sing this last song, How You Love Us, we make it our declaration as a body, as a people. We're so thankful that you loved us first. We love you back, Jesus. Amen. Will you stand and sing?